A reading from the book of Genesis. God said to Noah and to his sons with him, See, I now am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that was with you, all the birds and the various tame and wild animals that were with you that came out of the ark. I will establish my covenant with you that never again shall all bodily creatures be destroyed by the waters of a flood. There shall not be another flood to devastate the earth. God added, this is the sign that I am giving for all ages to come of the covenant between me and you and every living creature with you. I set my bow in the clouds to serve as a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow appears in the clouds, I will recall the covenant I have made between me and you and all living things so that the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all mortal beings. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. in which a few persons, eight in all, 
were saved through water. This prefigured baptism, which saves you now, it is not a removal of dirt from your body, but an appeal to God for a clear conscience. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven, it is at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, and powers subject to him. The word of the Lord. to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel, the gospel of the Lord. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The Lenten season is established for us to make the return to the Lord. God's initiative throughout salvation history has, has always been to have a relationship with his creation, but specifically for humanity created to his image and likeness. In the first reading from the book of Genesis, we hear of the covenant established between Noah and God relative to a time in which the world had become so over, overrun with sin and other things that just were contrary to what God's plans entailed and what his will wants, desires for all of creation. So what does he do? He establishes this covenant after directing Noah to construct this ark, which was set up in such a way that the ark was three, three tiers. It was three stories. And most people would refer to it, well, it was like a, in, in, in theological terms, the ark 
symbolized a floating Eden, a new Eden that would come forth out of the waters once the waters would, sub, would reside and the land would be shown again, God purifying the earth. But some might say, well, Father, it was really a, a floating zoo. Now, all these animals, tame and untamed, but remember, the term zoo is short for zoological garden. It was a zoological garden that again highlights God's mercy trumping his justice. God had every right to put an end to it right then and there. He could have ended human history and said, you know what, <laughs> this wasn't the best of ideas. He didn't do that. And so we hear of how he establishes the bow in the heavens as a reminder to us as well as to himself that he will never allow this creation to be destroyed by a flood. Now, we might say, well, hold up, Father, we've had some major hurricanes and floodwaters have done some great devastation to our lands and so forth. Yes, that is true. We have had these moments. But again, remember, we're talking about the, the destruction of all of creation by water. So these are events that obviously can bring to mind how water can be such as which it is, a universal, it's the universal solvent. It's, the, it's, it's a major essential attribute to the preservation and the maintenance of life as we know it. But as St. Peter reminds us, the waters that it should remind us of are the waters of baptism. Noah becoming like another Adam who has been given this this charge to carry with him on this vessel to weather the storm, to weather the flood. He has been given direct directives akin to what Adam was given, to be a steward, to have dominion, to make sure that you cultivate and look out, look over everything as, as, as it goes. But then we hear how St. Peter reminds us that when Jesus died on the cross, it was once and for all, it was expiation for all sin. And then the waters of baptism that he allowed himself to be immersed in, what does he do? He sets in motion a new and eternal covenant, a new creation that is totally fulfilled in him. We can say that the event of the flood with Noah was a new creation. We even see the similarities because how was the earth described by the book of Genesis before God's creative action began? The whole of the land was overcome. It was nothing but water. And the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. The waters began to teem with life, and so it went. And we hear how the account goes. So we can really say that what Noah has been instructed to do is in itself a movement, a prefiguration of the new creation which would ultimately be fulfilled in Christ. And we see the gospel very short and succinct, which is the way, the style of Mark. And we're saying, we're hearing how we are told the Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert. And mind you, this term, this, this verb, drove, drove him out was the same verb used when Jesus would drive out the demons. So this is meant to be communicated. Mark is communicating to us this was a very forceful movement of divine initiative. The Holy Spirit driving Jesus into the wilderness and he's to be looked upon as a new Adam, as the new Adam. Whereas we see the first Adam was what? He was in a pristine paradise, a garden of Eden. And once the temptation was brought to him, 
he fell, he failed. Jesus was in a desolate desert without any sign or semblance of life to speak of, and yet he prevails in the face of the temptations. He is victorious. He presents himself as the gospel. He is the gospel. After the arrest of John the Baptist, he carries the clarion call. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Believe in the good news, in other words. Jesus is the embodiment of the good news. You know, we say, well, I believe. We believe in Jesus. Well, this is more than an ascent of the mind. This is more than an ascent of intellect. We're talking about believe. In other words, entrust yourself to him. If he's declaring a kingdom has been inaugurated, then, it's just, then necessarily it consequently means that he reigns over this kingdom. He is the one who rules the kingdom. So to what extent are we allowing him to rule us, our minds, our bodies, our souls, in such a way that our thoughts, our words, our actions are an extension of his grace in us, his gracious gift in us. Repent. Turn away from that which kills you and turn towards that which gives you life. You know, a couple of months ago, Archbishop Amon, the Archdiocese, issued letters to all of the pastors instructing us that it is now permissible for us to celebrate the sacrament of baptism in the Archdiocese. It's it's, you can, we could always do it, but it was always maintained that throughout the Lenten season, we would suppress the celebration of the sacrament of baptism and wait until the season of Easter. And, you know, makes sense, right? Because we were celebrating the resurrection, they're, they're in baptism, realizing the death, dying with Christ, rising with him, and restoring us to eternal life. But I think this is a beautiful thing that the diocese has done to reestablish, permitting us to do baptisms during the season of Lent because the readings are deliberately set up for us to have a representation, a teaching of how salvation history is ordered, is ordered in such a way to show us how God provides for life to perdure. Despite sin and death, that has entered as a result of the fall. Now in Christ, who allowed himself, who was tempted, and in being tempted, it wasn't so that you and I could never be tempted again. No, not at all. Not to exempt us from temptation, but now to render to us the capacity to have confidence to know that we can face our temptations and be victorious. We can run. We can make it through. We can persevere through those temptations and continue to declare to the world the good news that God's kingdom is at hand. Everything prefiguring, everything that was foreshadowing the reality of Christ has now been established. We have to decide. And today at the beginning of the Lenten season in terms of the Sunday celebration, reflect back upon the covenant God established with us when we were baptized. It's time to embrace the disciplines of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving in a way to renew that which God has established for life, not for death. 
turn away from whatever has become an obstacle, whatever is detracting from what God intends. Turn away from that and be faithful to the one who declares, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. This is the clarion call. Now, what will it look like for us as we strive to turn away from the harmful things of the world towards that which is life-giving? It may mean, and it may entail, a regular diet of the Word of God daily, reading the readings of the daily Mass in addition to the Sunday Masses, or to embrace the Bible in a year, reading piece by piece, little by little, daily Mass, the Rosary, being involved in charitable opportunities to extend to the community, getting involved in particular ministries, small church communities, whatever it might be, the possibilities are abounding. The issue here is choose today. Set your heart on the higher things that come from our maker. For this is the time of fulfillment. We all have been brought into salvation history not to read about it, but to contribute to it. We now, our generation, we are writing new chapters in the book of life. If there was somebody who was going to continue to add on new books to the Bible, you and I would be included in some way. They'd have to recount and say, oh, back in this year. Da, 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 da. Understand this is a reality that's happening. It's unfolding. We're in a hidden way right now. But it's all giving way to what Easter will reveal. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ is coming again. And he pours out the Spirit upon all of creation following his ascension. He pours out that Spirit in such a way that we now have the capacity to see the world, to contemplate and discern the things of God's creation with the mind of Christ and the heart of Christ. As St. Paul says, the love of God has been poured out into our hearts. And this is why hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts. One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Repent and believe in the gospel. God love you. <laughs>